This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts and you have joined us for our very first Mother's Day special. And for this first special we are going to deal with a slightly more raucous version of the Mother's Day movie, It's Bad Moms. Yes, it's our Mother's Day special on the HD Movie Podcast, and we've chosen to look at 2016's Bad Moms, which is written and directed by John Lucas and Scott Moore. It stars Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, Catherine Hahn, Jay Hernandez, Annie Mumbelow, Jada Pinkett-Smith, and Christina Applegate. Good cast. Yes, excellent cast. And it's worth noting that... The writers also wrote the Hangover movies, so you can kind of get a taste of what this movie is going to be like. And they also directed another similar movie, 21 and Over. With that said, we need to get into the plot of Bad Moms. And who better to uh, give us this synopsis? None other than the man himself. He's back on HD Movie Podcast, Mr Nick Reganis. Welcome back, Nick. I hope he knows that we are just like big fans of his synopsises, <laughs> that we read them at every opportunity. Okay. With her most important job being a mother, the underpaid and overworked Chicago Coffee Company representative Amy Mitchell is struggling to juggle work, parenting, a strange relationship with her husband and two kids. On the go and always in a rush, the suburban mum will eventually snap at President Gwendolyn's PTA meeting taking the decision of rebelling against an unfair system and the distressing expectations of a near-perfect motherhood. As a result, two new friends will become indispensable in Amy's life, the stressed-out moms Kiki and Carla, who have also decided to embrace being bad moms and live a little, far away from rules and obligations. But with the diva Gwendolyn watching them like a hawk, will the girls make a stand against all forms of oppression? Hey, well, I'm going to guess that the girls will make a stand against all forms of repression or there wouldn't be much of a movie yeah this is a good one actually i remember seeing this at the cinema and enjoying it there and having revisited it recently for this podcast i'm still of the opinion that it's a pretty good comedy i don't think it's as brash and as crude as the hangover which i think is in its favor i don't mind the hangover movies but i think they are just pushing the edge of well not what's acceptable but there are points in Hangover where I just think, yeah, come on, yeah. You know, we know you're trying to be as, as poor taste as you possibly can be. And that's okay to a certain point. But there was certainly a bit during the Hangover trilogy where I thought, yeah, I've really had enough of this lot. Despite the fact that they've got good comedic performances in it. I just don't like the people in the Hangover. I just think they're a bunch of arseholes, which 
is not really in its favour. Whereas the people in Bad Moms, even the bad guys have got some redeeming features in Bad Moms. And the main trio of Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell and Catherine Hahn are really, really watchable and funny. And it's really a pleasure to be in their company for 100 minutes. Absolutely. And I think this is a kind of comfort movie in some ways. It's the type of film that you'll just put on. You're not looking for anything too taxing. It's one you can relax to, you can have fun with, you don't have to overthink it. And I think if you don't like this movie, it's because you are just taking it too seriously and it's not a film that takes itself too seriously at all. It's basically a hyper-exaggerated comedy surrounding the pressuring demands of modern motherhood. And it just takes that up a notch. And I know probably in America, these scenarios are quite realistic to a point, but it just over-exaggerates that. So you've got themes of like competitiveness between the mothers and then trying to meet unrealistic goals for both like the mothers and the children as well. Like it's just everybody's just taking on far too much and they need a break. So I think it's quite satisfying when you see um, the three main characters go, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to have a few drinks and we're just going to enjoy ourselves. Now, obviously, the scenes where they're causing chaos in the supermarket, just chucking cereal everywhere and making uh, cocktails in the middle of the supermarket and attacking the sign of the uh, perfect housewife cardboard cutout. When they're doing stuff like that, it's obviously pushing the envelope and going out of the realms of possibility. But it's just meant to be a bit of fun and you should just enjoy it and just take it for what it is. It's over the top and very in your face. But at the same time, it has a bit of heart to it as well. You do get on board with the characters. Um, they're pretty likeable and fun. They've all got different problems in their lives. And as you said, even the um, the villain type characters as well. But at the same time, it is quite a generic film. You know what you're going to get with it. It's the typical Hollywood fair. The plot is very formulaic. The characters are stereotypical. You've got the underdog like main character that you're rooting for. You've got the alpha bitch character who you want to see uh, knock down a peg or two. And you've got like the deadbeat man-child husband as well, which we'll get to. So it's all very stereotypical. But at the same time, as I say, if you just want something really easy to watch, especially if you've been um, recovering from COVID recently, it's that kind of ideal movie just to relax to and get a bit of escapism. Yeah, this is a COVID-affected episode. We have both fallen foul to the virus recently. And you're right, this is the sort of movie that if you are getting the brain fog, then this is something that's quite pleasant to put on and have a good laugh with. And they've got some pretty gifted comedians here because Kristen Bell, we know that she can do comedy. Catherine Hahn, obviously, is great at comedy. Mila Kunis is a pretty gifted comedian herself. So it's full of really talented female performers and it doesn't really matter that the guys get pushed to the back in this one because it isn't the guy's movie in fact really the only two guys that they focus on with any depth are the deadbeat husband of Mila Kunis's character and the hunky single parent uh, played by Jay Hernandez and he even he's kind of just there as I can be basically which kind of refreshing considering most movies have that in reverse and most of it is to do with how they deal with the day-to-day -day struggles of raising kids and dealing with horrible PTA meetings, rather than the fact that any of them needs a guy 
to get on with their lives because it's made very, very clear that they don't. I mean, at the start, Kristen Bell's character is very downtrodden and her husband expects her to do everything. But by the end, she's turned all that around and she's become this formidable mum who her husband suddenly realises that she holds all the power and he won't say boot her at the end, which I kind of guess it's on one level, it's wish fulfillment because you kind of think, how often does that happen in real life? But at the same time, you think, well, that probably should happen more in real life as well. It's taking all of these possibilities and it's dealing with them in a not very serious way, but it is making a point at the same time. But it's having you cope with all of this stuff while having a laugh at the same time. So it's not jabbing you with this kind of, oh, you know, big feminist agenda, even though the fact that it's saying basically that the people that have got all the power and the people that have got all the smarts are the female characters and they're just surrounded by these guys who are pretty fucking useless to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> yeah definitely i did have this kind of down under the ambitious women romantic publications heading but it's done in a far more fun and enjoyable way than the Hallmark film does it. I mean, yeah. the actors in this movie, they can all act for a start. <laughs> and it's better written. And as I say, it is brash and over the top and silly. But as you say, it does you know, have a heart to it. And that is the whole female solidarity that runs through the whole film. It's like these women stick together. I mean, I suppose there's women pitted up against each other, but that all kind of gets resolved in the end because I think it, the whole thing is about taking a step back and being like, you don't know what goes on in other people's lives, so let's all just be kind to each other. And again, that's all wrapped up really nicely at the end and it's all very idealistic and it wouldn't necessarily all work out like this in real life. But yeah, it is, it's like kind of what you want. You don't want it to have like a downbeat ending in any way. You want to see these characters succeed. Yeah, I mean, it's not an Andrea Dunbar movie. It's a Hollywood comedy and it's quite raunchy but it's not completely over the top there are points in it where mostly it's to do with Catherine Hahn's character who is very very out there and it just doesn't really give a shit about what anybody thinks about her and her sexuality seems quite fluid she's quite willing to snog pretty much anyone on the planet at some point she just says to some guy, oh, you're really lighting up my board, and then has to explain that it's something to do with a vagina. So it's that sort of broad comedy performance. I am trying to avoid turning this episode into a Catherine Hahn worship episode because I do have a bit of a thing for Catherine Hahn. So I think I'll just leave it to the fact that uh, she's, she's a very gifted comedic performer and she's very good in this. <laughs> she is, absolutely. And I think she is more outrageous out of the trio she's the kind of one that i can't imagine her being a real person as such because she literally just shirks her responsibility she never seems stressed out she just does whatever she wants when she wants and i think at the end she turns it around a little bit like she's there like more present for her son but there's not really a lot of conflict going on with her character compared to the other two but she brings the fun element into it you know, she is pivotal to it because she's the one who encourages them to let themselves go more as well and to have more fun. So, yeah, she's definitely more important in that respect. But yeah, Mila Kunis, she really carries the film, great performance. You know, she's hilarious. I mean, there's like so many obstacles her character faces, especially like at the beginning of the movie. It's just everything that could possibly go wrong does go wrong. But as you say, you like to see her succeed in the end and sort of, walk away from situations that aren't making her happy, namely her deadbeat husband who 
is uh, basically cheating on her with a webcam girl, which I suppose, you know, is quite modern and inventive for the, the time this movie was made. It's not a typical, oh, she's actually physically caught him cheating in person. So it's kind of uh, interesting they put that element in there with how people use online as escapism. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a... Not a surprise, I guess, when I first saw it, but it does take the old cheating on somebody and gives it a little bit of a modern technological spin. My bone of contention with that, sorry for using the term bone, actually, there, but as with all of these movies, you get the main character who is generally smart and funny and capable and gorgeous, and you get some idiot who is cheating on them. Now, my feeling is, what would you have to go through in terms of brain damage to cheat on Mila Kunis? It's not going to happen. If I was married to Mila Kunis, there is no fucking way I would cheat on Mila Kunis. I'd be sitting there every day thinking, fuck me, I'm married to Mila Kunis. This is amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of the problems with these movies is you've got these very attractive Hollywood actresses portrayed as the everyday regular person and it doesn't always translate very well because you know they they look stunning so not everybody it's it's like i think they have more like regular looking people in these films that would make it more believable they give it a shot occasionally they try to make her look tired or they try to make her look slightly less glamorous than she should be and then they put her in fairly plain outfits but at the end i mean mila kunis in um, a pair of sweatpants and a baggy t-shirt it's still Mila Kunis you can't get away from that fact <laughs> absolutely so there's not really a huge amount of background on this movie I think it did start off as a bit of a Judd Apatow project and his wife Leslie Mann was set to star that's probably the most I found out in terms of how different the movie could have been and yeah. you can definitely see that how it would fall into his trend of films otherwise this film has only spawned one sequel so far, which is A Bad Mom's Christmas, which came out a year afterwards in, in 2017. I'm sure we'll do that for Mary Podmus at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, and then there was going to be a spin-off called Bad Dads. So I don't know a great deal about Bad Dads or like who was set to star in it. But as far as it stands now in 2022, the film has been delayed and there's no release date. So uh, I'm really not that fussed on seeing a Bad Dads movie. I think we need more comedic roles for women and films like this and Bridesmaids, I think have really set the bar that, you know, women can do the funny stuff too. They can do the gross out stuff as well, just as well as guys. And I don't really think we need another movie. That's probably just going to be like the hangover. Yeah. Agreed. You know, why do we need bad dads? We've already got things like daddy's home anyway, where you've mm. got competitive dads in that sort of environment. So do we really need to see that again? And to be perfectly honest, the struggles of dads, not to take anything away from dads, but the struggles <laughs> of dads don't seem to have the same weight as the struggles of motherhood, just because there's more of a connection biologically to your kids when you're a mum. So I think that lends a lot of weight to the plot, even in something that's as lightweight and as funny as this. There's still some quite sweet moments where they're saying how much they love their kids and it's not done in a sentimental and schmaltzy way because you know one of them actually says something oh, I, you know i love that big dumb bastard about <laughs> one of her kids so it's, it's that sort of movie but 
<laughs> bad dads? Nah, the world doesn't need bad dads. No, and I think if you want a good movie about fatherhood, of course, go to Three Men and a Baby, because yeah. that is, for me, the best film that's dealt with that that I've personally seen. It's one of my favourite films, as you know, because you've listened to our episode, of course, <laughs> on that film. But yeah, there's that whole scene where they basically just start discussing the flaws of their children, and that's refreshing because you get people that are just constantly bragging about their kids, oh, this is what they've achieved, this is what they've done, and my kid is better than your kid because they've got this, and... And that doesn't do that. They're just basically supporting each other. So I think that that's what's really nice about this film, that it is that support network of women. And even at the end, obviously, we'll get into spoilers. Mila Kunis's character, Amy, she, you know, isn't just going to be cold-hearted and just be like, ha, I defeated the bitch character. She actually then goes to check on Christina Applegate's character, Gwendolyn, see if she's okay, and then discovers that actually she's got very much her own problems that are even worse and then you know they sort of bond at the end of the movie and I think again that's important because as I say it's about you know putting yourself in someone else's shoes yeah absolutely yeah it's easy to have cartoony bad guys and to a certain extent Gwendolyn is a little bit cartoony at the start and she is genuinely horrible to pretty much everybody she meets even the people that are supposed to be her friends she's horrible to but at the end you do get a glimpse into why she's having to be so much of a bitch to everybody because she's the one that's holding everything together at home. Things are not going right for her. And the PTA basically is the only thing she's got that she thinks she's good at, which is not the case. But she's the one that it's her thing and she wants to hang on to it at any cost, which is why she's such a horrible person to everybody around her. So everybody gets a bit of a redemptive arc in this one. It's not a mean-spirited movie in any way. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of big laughs in it. It is kind of, I was going to say hangover for girls, but it's a lot smarter than The Hangover. I don't mind The Hangover as a movie, but I think it is just a bit too crude for its own good. Whereas this knows when to pull it back. It is raunchy. It does have quite a lot of swearing in it. But at the heart of it, it's also pretty sweet and it's very nice. And you get quite a warm glow off it even though you get Catherine Hahn's character saying some really disgusting things at various points through the movie. Yeah, it's kind of like a toned-down American pie with some of the humour, I guess. It's in that kind of vein um, where it pushes the envelope, but it knows how to rein it in at the same time, because sometimes with over-the-top crude humour in these films, it can be slightly off-putting because it just takes it too far and it just stops being funny. And I think if you just have that kind of hint of subtlety with the brash humour, it can really work. And I, I think they have done it pretty well with this film. So, yeah, Bad Moms was quite a surprise, you know, enjoyable film for me. I mean, I had seen it a while ago. Um, I think a good few years ago when it first came out, I thought just watch it as something easy to watch. And I enjoyed it then. I enjoyed it again now. So, yeah, if you're looking for something that's, you know, easygoing, you can switch your brain off a little bit, but you'll get some enjoyment out of it. Then I think this is the one. Going back to the legacy of it, as of it again as well, there is potentially a Bad Moms Moms sequel coming out, um, which focuses on the mothers of the um, main trio, which is um, which they appear in the Bad Moms Christmas movie. So it's to do with that. So I think that could be quite interesting. More like grands behaving badly. <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's not like Dirty Grandpa, 
I don't really want to go through Dirty Grandpa again. It's one of the most depressingly crude and awful movies I've ever seen. As long as they keep with the humour that you can get in Bad Moms, then that's fine. I don't really want to see things like De Niro knocking one out again. That's <laughs> that's just that's that is the one bit of Dirty Grandpa that has stuck with me. I hated it in the cinema. I wanted to go and take a shower of bleach straight after seeing that. But Bad Moms is way better than Dirty Grandpa. Mind you, punching yourself in the face is probably better. Bad Moms is, is a pretty decent comedy. You'll get a lot out of it. Speaking of the Moms Moms, the bit at the end, there's a credit sequence in which the actresses are filmed with their real life Moms, which I think is quite sweet and it's quite fun. And um, I have to say that um, Kristen Bell's mom's a bit of a babe. They look very, very alike. Yeah. <laughs> very much spitting image. And of course, they did uh, chuck in a frozen joke before Kristen Bell appears on screen. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. Say something about, about the um, the single dad, like, oh, I bet he's a bit, he's an Elsa rather than an Anna or something. So. <laughs> yeah. Which he is, because obviously, you know, I think you can subtly see that as he would prefer. Mila Kunis's character, he wouldn't be interested in Kristen Bell's character, so yeah, maybe that's just a, a little subtle nod in there, but the film has scored um, 58% on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes and 63% audience score, which I think is quite decent, yeah, quite respectable and then has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. That's fair enough I think it's an undemanding sort of comedy I'm sure that these sort of things don't tend to get kind of eights or nines on IMDb. They're never going to. But if you're in the right mood and you're just looking for something that will give you a bit of a laugh and something a little bit heartwarming but isn't too schmaltzy, then this really does fit the bill. I, I really like Bad Moms. I've managed to get through this entire broadcast, really, without going on about Mila Kunis or Kristen Bell or Catherine Hans, so, you know. It could have taken a much different turn this episode. It could have just been 20 minutes of me just going, oh, God, I love you, Mila. I love you, Catherine. I love you, Kristen. Well, luckily we avoided that, but it's good that those three actors do deserve the appreciation because they are brilliant in this film. Yeah, let us know who your favourite bad mom is in the comments or on Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And um, with that said... Hope everybody has a wonderful Mother's Day, no matter what you're up to that day. If you have any more mum-related movies to request for us, we'll uh, hopefully do them next year for you. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 59 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. And we're coming up to another milestone episode. Next time, we're up to episode 60. Yeah, we'll have done 60 of these, which is ridiculous. So for the 60th episode, we've decided to go to the 60s. Yeah, we're going to travel back in time to the 1960s. First up, we're going to do a feature film. And as I say, we're traveling back in time. The film is the very recent Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho which was my favourite horror film of 2021. Did I enjoy this one as much as Haley did? Well, you'll have to wait to find out on this one. Also, for the first time in ages, we're going to go back to the realm of the public information film. And we're again 
going to be stuck in the 60s for this one. It's the excitingly titled A Boy Goes Cycling. So I look forward to seeing what that has in store. Join us to celebrate our 60th episode. Again, can't believe that's how many episodes we've done so far, but hopefully you're all enjoying our content and thank you very much for supporting us. Yes, I'd like to say thanks as well. So until then, stay safe, everybody. I will see you soon. PhD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.